Hello, you're listening to On Israel in Al Monitor. I'm Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Two weeks ago, I reported in the Israeli newspaper Mariv that former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was negotiating a plea deal with Attorney General Avichai Mandelblit to end his corruption trial. The report stirred up a huge storm and its uh, shockwaves continue to rock the political and public arenas. The right and the left are in rare agreement. Both Netanyahu's harshest critics and his strongest supporters are vehemently opposed to a deal. The right is demanding that Netanyahu keep fighting to clear his name and prove what he and they have been saying all along, that the prosecution rigged the cases against him. They are uh, demanding that the fight to the bitter end, apparently not caring that the end could see him convicted of bribery and lend him behind bars. His opponents are even angrier. According to leaked reports about the negotiations, the charges against Netanyahu would be reduced, his jail time would be commuted to community service, and it's uh, unclear whether he would be barred from politics for years, as the Attorney General is demanding. His opponents, too, want this try to continue and prove that in Israel, everyone is equal under the law. As we record this podcast, contacts between the sides appear stalled. Most people don't think the deal will be inked before Mandelblit leaves office at the end of this month. And uh, if and when such a deal is finalized, it will happen on the watch of Mandelblit's successor, who is yet to be chosen. Nonetheless, Mandelblit uh, has drawn up the general outlines of a deal. It includes Netanyahu admitting to uh, two fraud and breach of trust charges, the prosecution dropping the bribery charge against him and dismissing additional charge of a fraud and breach of trust stemming from alleged collusion by Netanyahu and a leading newspaper publisher. Netanyahu would get a seven to nine month suspended sentence uh, which he will serve doing community service. He will also pay a fine and will be banned from politics for seven years. The top echelons of the prosecution believe this compromise is, the, in, uh, is in the public's best interest because a trial uh, could drag up for several more, more years and meanwhile it's tearing apart Israeli society. Today's on Israel guest served for 12 years as a state prosecutor of financial and tax crimes. He led highly publicized uh, prosecutions, for example, against Tycoon Nochi Dankner, who was convicted of uh, securities fraud and sentenced to uh, three years in jail. These days, he is a leading partner in S. Horowitz & Co., private practice, defending those accused of white-collar crime. He also chairs the Tel Aviv District Bar Association. Attorney Amit Becher joins us right after this short break. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Hagedorn, and I'm the State Department Correspondent at El Monitor. And I'm Joe Snell, I'm El Monitor's video editor. Let's admit it, this past year has been difficult to stay on top of the news and sift through what's accurate and what's misleading. Let El Monitor help you. If you care about the Middle East and North Africa, you should consider listening to El Monitor's audio series on the Middle East with Andrew Parasoliti and Amber and Zaman, and on Israel with Ben Caspi. 
you can now watch our newest video podcast, Reading the Middle East with Gilles Capel. You can subscribe to these series on your favorite podcast platforms. And through a host of free daily and weekly newsletters, we offer a range of perspectives with the highest journalistic standards. You can subscribe to these newsletters at almonitor.com. As an award-winning media service headquartered in Washington, D.C., Almonitor has a network of over 160 contributors around the world. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to visit almonitor.com, where you can find all of these newsletters and podcasts, along with first-class reporting and analysis. Now, uh, I am very happy to welcome to On Israel in Al Monitor a friend and colleague, attorney Amit Becher. How are you doing, Amit? And thank you for joining us here today. Thank you very much, Ben, for inviting me. Let's uh, go into business or uh, actually into a uh, plea bargains. And there is a huge storm in Israel since the publication that uh, Attorney General Mandelblit and Benjamin Netanyahu are uh, negotiating a plea deal. Right now, it's a frozen. No one knows if it will happen. But I want to ask you first, let's get down and ask Attorney General Mandelblit leaves office exactly one week from now. Is there still time to sign a deal with Netanyahu if, by some miracle, Netanyahu agrees to the state's conditions? In your opinion, you've been there. Uh, I understand your skepticism, Ben, but I think it roots more from uh, your character analysis of Netanyahu and the way he is perceived to make political decisions or political negotiations throughout the years. But from a clean professional legal standpoint, Netanyahu agreeing to state's conditions, uh, at least those that are uh, reported of, is not, it's not a miracle. Um, it's merely, merely because those conditions favor him in many ways. And I guess that uh, that he will talk about it. I think we'll talk about it further on in this conversation. But for the question about the time limit, um, a week is enough time, and even less than that. And the simple the simple answer is that it will be enough because the condi- the the conditions, if they are agreed upon, um, the technical work that is left for the attorneys and the defense lawyers is very is not very high. It's not a a complex uh, agreement after it's agreed. Uh, in the broader sentence uh, answer, I think, um, it's more complicated. A, because you have to calculate in the personality of, uh, of Netanyahu, like any defendant, and uh, that really needs to finish a deal uh, and to really, to really agree in the deepest uh, sense of the word agreement. And B, because um, even if after they agree on the on, on the uh, on the principles, um, the details uh, it, it really depends on the initial agreement. Uh, if things are not agreed upon uh, in the beginning, there might be a lot of argument or disagreements around the wording of the facts that Netanyahu is required to admit in the plea agreement. And to and in order to settle the matter, it might take more time. So actually, if if I'll summarize your question, the, the first answer is yes. If uh, yes, we can. Let's say mm-hmm. if if Netanyahu agrees to the conditions, it can be done. But 
correct me if I'm wrong, in the second answer, you said that there are many details, and this is actually was supposed to be my follow-up question, because let's say Netanyahu is going to the uh, prosecution and says, yes, I, I agree to admit in uh, two, uh, two felonies uh, of uh, whatever, and the, 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 the sentence will be seven months of prison, uh, that I will work for society instead, and uh, but then you have to fix the indictments, and the 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 prosecution will want to to leave in it as many as as a paragraph as possible, and Netanyahu will want to get out as many as indictments. So, do you think there is still time, one week, to do all this? But actually, you answered it, uh, knowing Netanyahu and his way of negotiation. It's a, it's a very close call. Um, yes, but uh, you know that the negotiations around the plea agreement and the legal, uh, criminal legal uh, situation is very different from normal, from daily uh, political or uh, state uh, matters that he is used to have negotiated in the past. And so th that first of all, that's why as lawyers, but you know that uh, we know that these kinds of clients like Netanyahu and people like his, like him, um, that come from very high status, they used to being managers and to make the calls all their lives. Sometimes it's it's a it can be harder for them to work with the lawyers and uh, listening to them, and they want their final the final decision to be their own. This might cause a problem if we want to get a deal in the next week. Yes, it's uh, very interesting because he used to be prime minister. You used to control the pace and the tempo and the conditions of, of all the negotiations he, he, he orchestrated in the past. And suddenly he's the defendant and actually is fighting for his freedom, not for any diplomatic agreement. Let's try to analyze uh, attorney Amit Becher, the motivations of both sides to reach a plea bargain instead of uh, completing the trial and waiting for the verdict. What do you think made Mandelblit agree and go for it, or at least try to go for it? Well, uh, you have articulated the question very well because the request for a deal came from Netanyahu to Mandelblit and not the other way around. Uh, for, for us who practice uh, complicated criminal procedures in Israel, it's not a shock and it's even not the news, um, except for the fact that there are negotiations, because it's always the case when, uh, when we're talking about trials that are already in process, it's always, always the case that the initiated, initiative comes from the defendant. Um, and so um, th this is why the, the, the question is, is Correct. Now to to the uh, what caused Mandelblit to agree, I'm not sure it's known yet, um, but I believe it comes from two two rationals. First, the toll that this trial takes on the Israeli society is very very heavy. Now um, many people, um, including myself, believe that Netanyahu himself has a lot to do with it, and uh, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not taking uh, I'm not talking. About the, the, the actions that led to the indictment, but I'm talking about the action that followed the indictment and more actually the, the actions that followed uh, the whole procedure, beginning from the investigations and through the long time of the, that the case was uh, uh, at the table of the state attorney and after, of course, the indictment itself. Now, 
I, I want to make myself very clear. Every every defendant has a right to defend himself and there's and, and to say anything to clear his name, whether it's in court or in the public arena. But what Netanyahu did, uh, unfortunately, uh, was uh, not only that he claimed that the state attorneys are completely wrong or that they, they deny the wrongful acts or even say that look, they, they don't know anything what they're doing. That's, of course, totally fine. But Netanyahu said much more. He said uh, he accused time and time again uh, the chief of police, the leading attorneys, uh, the attorney general himself, and uh, actually the whole illegal system and accused them of queuing and conspiring. And he used those words exactly in Hebrew, along with the political, his political rivals in specific aim to throw him out of power and make a political queue. Uh, now, now, he didn't even stop there. He added that their motivations uh, was not Netanyahu himself, but the whole political right group or the conservative group, whatever, however you, you look at that. Now, unfortunately, those false attacks uh, did not just come from any political leader. They came from a prime minister and it gained many, many supporters uh, along the way. He has a growing hold of vast portions in the mainstream media in Israel and a very strong um, functioning political mechanism that echoes his narrative in the social media. Now, all of that gradually but uh, constantly drove many people in Israel to disbelieve in the legal system in general. And this trend uh, is a real threat to the very basis of Israeli democracy system. Now I said all that because, um, because I think that, uh, that the Eternal General and trying to, to stop this trend, this is one of his motivations. Uh, and the motivations in, in actually agreeing to the request that came from Netanyahu. Now, one, one can say, well, if Netanyahu caused those, those problems or this uh, public hazard, um, why give him, uh, to, why let him enjoy the fruits of his hazards? Why give well, him a prize? Exactly, exactly. And it's a fair argument. It's a fair argument. But uh, annoying Mandelblit, I think, that he doesn't seek at this moment to punish Netanyahu for his political uh, or public hazard that he caused. Rather, he thinks of himself as a leader, a leader uh, and what he thinks is best for the country and the, what the future of the democracy. And um, Netanyahu, if he agrees to a deal, um, a fair deal in which Netanyahu admits to committing two offenses in, in the corruption range, uh, taking responsibility, paying a large fine, being sentenced to several months in jail, although it will be converted to community service, but it's um, anyway, it's considered jail time. And I think that Melbourne believes that uh, that uh, serves uh, the interest. Uh, I, I want I want to ask you uh, uh, if don't don't you think that besides this, whatever you just explained, about the motivation of Mandelblit, actually, in my words, to get rid of Netanyahu and his influence and the damage that he's causing to the, the, the whole Israeli establishment and the democracy, there is also a personal motivation because if he leaves, he leaves office in a week and then he will uh, live in, uh, in a very 
tense situation where he will uh, expect and wait for the verdict for three or four years, and then the side that we lose will probably appeal. And before he knows, because you know, if Netanyahu will be uh, found not guilty in all the, the, the accusations, this will be a very black and bad day for Mandelblit. So he wants to, to finish the job with a, with a clean table. Do you think uh, I have a point? You do have a point. And, and indeed, you know, the legal, when we think of the law as something very high, it always involves actual people and with actual motiva- uh, human motivations. That, that always has to come into the equation. Now, uh, the, to build on this point, I think that from the general, attorney's general perspective, in a professional way, not, not the way that he thinks of his legacy, um, in, in, there is another point that in this case, in like many other complex white case uh, uh, cases or economical criminal cases, the dispute between the prosecution, the prosecution the prosecution and the defense is less over the facts and more over questions of law. And in this case, Netanyahu is currently charged, now he's charged with bribery, which in many, uh, which maybe is the most severe corruption charge. Um, these, they're talking about dropping bribery uh, and Netanyahu will admit to a less uh, severe charge of uh, fraud and breach of trust, that's the professional. Now this, uh, now this uh, change does not require dramatic changes in the facts. Uh, so, this, uh, so there is no statement on the state behalf that the allegations against Netanyahu are false. Uh, on the contrary, Netanyahu will admit in two, uh, uh, in two, uh, two of felonies, um, should put to end uh, the public quest of the legal system trying to throw Netanyahu out of power. Now, I'm not sure that, uh, that this will be the outcome, stopping this movement, but that's the logic. Uh, I think that's one of the logic uh, of the deal. You, you know, you know, like, you know exactly like I know that uh, Netanyahu, most of Netanyahu supporters will see such a deal as the greatest victory uh, since the establishment of Earth, because they will say, "Listen, you kicked him out of office because of the bribery. The bribery was the the, the flagship of the whole case. Of course, it's wrong. It's not true. But this is what they'll say. And I want to move with you." because we are far behind, it's so interesting to try and analyze the other side, Netanyahu's side. Uh, on, on the first place, what do you think made him uh, enter into negotiations? He initiated them back in 2019 uh, secretly, then in 2020, and now 2022, the final approach. And, and the, his lawyers are recommending that he will go for it. They call the, the, the deal as a dream come true. And we also know that his veteran and highly regarded attorney, uh, the late Jacob Weinworth, also advised him to, uh, to opt for a deal even before he was indicted. What do you think is the narrative and the, and the motivation to run for a deal almost in all costs? Why? Because he fears that he's going to jail? Well, pr- pr- probably yes. I, I think um, I was. For me, there was no question that the legal uh, that the legal uh, team of Netanyahu uh, uh, says to tells him different things that we hear from his uh, than what we hear from his uh, political environment, uh, spokers, family, and so on. 
um, the the narrative of case collapsing or the begin with a nothing will happen or nothing because nothing happened so on. Um, it was a political narrative that he uh, so he, he he took out very very in a crafted way, but uh, but it didn't meet the the truth in the legal world. And and his lawyers are very 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 uh, experienced and well known and very good ones. And now I believe that they project to him his true situation, when no one knows um, how you get out of the, of of a trial, and the and different from what we hear in the past months, uh, again from his pokers. Um, or his supporters, or political supporters, that uh, the case is not holding. The truth is not is is, is never like that. And the, the case, I don't know if it holds uh, how strong it is, but it's definitely not collapsing. And 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 person looking at those charges, even if he's acquitted of bribery, even and then he looks at the 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 other, uh, uh, as I said, less severe but still a corruption. Uh, uh, arena uh, uh, oriented offense of breach of trust and the fraud of that they he is looking at uh, maybe one or two years of jail and this is after he's going to to uh for trial let's say to litigate this case out for another five or six years i'm not talking about the the, the costs here so he will get a, a more severe outcome in seven years or six years or five years to come I believe that his lawyers tell him if you get a better deal now, um, that's a dream. That, that is why uh, he, he's motivated to go to do this and probably done that for two years now because nothing changed really. And he's 72 years old. He's not getting any younger, of course. And, and, and I want to ask you as, as, as a guy that's been there and, and you, you, uh, you've been through all these trials, even uh, very interesting uh, and uh, scandalous trials, uh, try to explain me the thinking of, of a defendant uh, in, the, in a case like this. What do you see is the toughest, toughest uh, stage on a defendant's way to, plead, to a plea deal? Uh, as we call it, to cross the Rubicon. What makes him crossing the Rubicon? And do you think Netanyahu crossed that milestone? And is it is it a, a different story in each case? Uh, maybe it's dependent on the, on the personality, the the psychology of the guy. And Netanyahu is very interesting uh, client in this uh, matter. No, you're totally totally right. It's it's really uh, the most important uh, thing to look at is the personality of the defendants. Every person is a, is a person by himself. It's a very, very awkward and uh, uh, and uh, strange situation for these people. And even if they are uh, business leaders or political leaders, um, definitely if you are prime minister, which is maybe the, the highest, uh, most powerful uh, position uh, in Israel, some say the most complex <laughs> job in the world. Yeah, and, of course. And, and, but not only him, but not only him. M many people in these situations, um, may believe that they 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 are right because the the, the arguments here I, I said at the beginning are not always about the facts are more about the law or the uh, interpretation of the fact and we know politicians try tend to tell themselves a narrative that they believe in that that they are uh, that they do they do things for the country 
And so, um, you know, there is a very nice uh, work by, uh, that say, why, why politicians lie. Uh, and so, and they, because they believe, they believe that they're doing for a just cause. And so I'm saying that people here uh, have to take a decision to cross and to admit a criminal uh, felony, um, in this case, too. And in probably in a severe uh, circumstance, that's what the uh, state attorney demands, a large uh, portions of money involved. And, and so it's always, always, always difficult for these people to, to take the decision. I have so people, I've seen people that I know that they have been advised to get deals and said, no, I'm going all the way. Uh, and they pay dearly. Some get acquitted because there is no uh, 100%. The, the courts in Israel are really, really independent. And they might think that the prosecution sees things wrong. Of course, none is related to the false uh, accusations that they do, that they want to do something in purpose just to, to get political goals. That's, of course, not acceptable, but it is <laughs> sometimes uh, there is a chance that the uh, court sees the way uh, in a different way than the, than, than the prosecution. That's the chance that each side has to take. And in this sense, even if Netanyahu admits he takes some chance because he, he, he gives up on the chance to be acquitted. But if he runs, as you said, and this is something that I leave from, from the reports, yes, if he seek, truly seeks the, the agreement, it means only one thing, that they, he believes that there is a big, big chance that eventually he will be uh, found guilty uh, at, at least some of the charges. And the, the price will be uh, too high. Yeah. By the way, we, you're not very dealing, high. Yes, you're not dealing with it, but uh, Netanyahu is not uh, taking this uh, decision alone. There is the Netanyahu family, there is the wife and the son. And there, I think if I, if I hear uh, between the two of us, I, I'm the, 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 the guy that can try and understand what is going on in Netanyahu's uh, brain it is a lot more difficult for him than for the average uh, defendant because he was a prime minister. He's still very popular. He holds 30 mandates in the Knesset and 33 or 34 in the polls. So to, to, to write all these off and, and uh, go uh, f start totally different new life without politics, at least for eight years, it's very, very difficult. And I want to ask you, if do you think signing this uh, deal in the conditions we, we know is a, is a win-win situation for both both sides no it's not a win-win for any um, it could be a good uh, situation for the state unless i'm afraid to say that uh, we both suspect that netanyahu's supporters maybe him on the backstage i don't know would uh, would continue claiming and making the the uh, substantial claims against against the legitimacy of the legal system? Uh, now, other than that, uh, it would be a good uh, situation to, for the Israeli uh, nation to put this saga away. For Netanyahu, for Netanyahu, it's not such. It, it, of course, it's not a win-win. But um, there is another side, even for his family, because you know that uh, what is his option? If he if he continues the litigation, he is obliged to continue in politics, but not in leadership position. 
meaning he will not be prime minister until the trial is over. I think that's the political uh, uh, analysis. It's not a legal analysis. Um, on the other hand, if he, if he signs the deal, he's free to walk, to make money in, uh, in the way it, it, it will be legitimate. And he's a crafted person. He can, and you know, that he's a, so I don't know for him, for his family, I don't know exactly where it is. And there, there are positive sides for him to make this deal. And let's meet again in politics in seven years because, he, uh, because in the other way of litigation, he's still not getting to prime minister in the next uh, years that we can see. But that's more in a political analysis, joining with a legal, with, with but, a legal thought. But the different, uh, attorney uh, Amit Becher, the different uh, the difference is here is simple. If he uh, goes on with trial, he still can hope that politically uh, something will happen and he will be able to, uh, to approve this current government and to win an election. He can do everything. We, uh, You're totally right. This so, is why. You're right. He keeps, keeps the dream alive. This is the, the, this is the one thing that I, I think holds him right now, that the dream is still alive. He can win an election. He can always do it, although he tried four times and did not. But God knows. And if he goes for the bargain, it's over at least for a decade. So for 10 years or eight. So this is the dilemma and it's not simple. I want to ask you, Uh, we are out of time, but I will not uh, let you go uh, without asking you if you think that the public's trust uh, in the state's law enforcement and legal institutions can be rebuilt once the Netanyahu saga ends. And in order to achieve such a goal, what would be better, a deal or a final verdict? So uh, the answer is uh, it's complicated. First of all, I'm sure that it can be re rebuilt, but but I'm not sure that we know what's best because the political uh, uh, saga is not going to go away, whether we're going to make a deal or whether we're going to continue with the process. It really is up to the leaders, actually. And it, that's all, it, it, it's not, it's never on the shoulders of the legal system itself. We can have the best judges and the best uh, attorney general and, and everything. But if the legal, uh, if the political leaders will not take this as a national mission, the mistrust of those portions that went after Netanyahu, after his claims, uh, could continue. And in this sense, it really does not matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the legal system, what the legal uh, uh, process, uh, how it will end. It's more important how the, the leaders will act. It always descends in leadership, actually. So let's hope at least in this field we will uh, see something else. Uh, maybe we'll, we already already see it. I uh, have to admit in uh, uh, all the paragraphs of my, uh, my sentence and the uh, indictment because it was a very interesting conversation. And I want to thank you very much, uh, Tony Amit Becher, for joining us here in, on Israel in Al Monitor. Toda raba, Amit. It was a pleasure. Toda. We will go for a short break and come back right after this with uh, some final thoughts. Be with us. Thank you. 
Hello, I'm uh, Gilles Kepel, professor at uh, Sciences Po and the Normal Sup in Paris and author of a number of uh, books and articles on the Middle East. Through my new podcast, Reading the Middle East on the award-winning media service and monitor, we will take a deep dive into the trends in the region with the authors and thought leaders who are shaping how we think about the Middle East. Reading the Middle East will be a fantastic addition to Al Monitor's outstanding podcast lineup, including On the Middle East with Andrew Paraziliti and Amber Inzaman, and On Israel with Ben Kaspit. You can subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. We look forward to your joining our conversation. Thank you for staying with us. Attorney Amit Becher thinks that uh, we still have time to complete the uh, negotiation uh, to reach a plea deal or a plea bargain between ex-Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Attorney General uh, Avichai Mandelblit. But, uh, as he said, the devil lies and waits in the details. There are a lot of work to do. There is a lot of work to do. And only one week uh, left to the term of uh, this attorney general. If Benjamin Netanyahu would come tomorrow and say, OK, I agree to the terms and conditions of the state to plead guilty in two uh, felonies of uh, a breach of trust and fraud, uh, and to uh, to be punished uh, with seven to nine uh, months uh, in jail that will be commuted in community service, to pay a fine and not to return to political life for seven years, it is possible. The question is, if Netanyahu is already there, did he cross the Rubicon? And Amit Becher, as uh, myself, is not sure about it. By the way, if it doesn't, it will happen uh, in, the, uh, in the next months or years because we have now five years, at least five years, of, uh, of trial. And after this, uh, the appeal. And uh, maybe uh, for Netanyahu, it's better to cut the losses now and try to find himself a, a nice exit. Uh, when I asked uh, uh, Attorney uh, Becher about uh, the situation, the legal situation between the sides, he said that uh, Netanyahu is uh, the, the side that is, not, is more, for Netanyahu it's more important to reach this deal, and the fact is that, uh, that he initiated the negotiations three times in 2019, 2020, and now uh, 2022, and if we're talking about the, the Attorney General, so if he's in such a good condition, why is he negotiating with Netanyahu? Uh, Amit Becher said that uh, Mandelblit is looking uh, on the macro situation, the big picture, and he knows that uh, this trial and the, the, the Netanyahu supporters, he still holds a lot of supporters, 30 mandates in the Knesset and 33 in the polls. And uh, all this uh, bleeding wound inside the Israeli society is uh, still there and it is uh, 
tearing apart the Israeli society, and it's better also for the, the, the even for the the, the system of uh, of uh, law and order in Israel to cut the losses as well and put an end to this story and secure the fact that Netanyahu is not coming back uh, because he, uh, Mandelblit, thinks as well that Netanyahu is a threat on Israeli democracy. I think that uh, this story, this sage is only in the beginning and uh, Netanyahu is not taking these decisions by himself. He's surrounded in family. He's not free. To, uh, to decide by himself, and this is news as well. And we will uh, hear about it and about the negotiation and about the trial for a long time now, and I hope you found it, uh, found it interesting. And we will meet here next uh, week in the same place, the same time, on Israel in Al Monitor. I'm Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.